everybody. It is Corey Poirier and excited to be back with the latest edition of the Conversations with Passion radio show and also really excited to have three guests that I know are, uh, maybe I'll, I'll steal a phrase from my friend John Lee Dumas, are probably ready to ignite. I think you guys, yeah. are, uh, you guys have tons of energy. I know you guys are going to bring it. And, uh, and so I'm really excited to bring actually three brand new guests onto the show and bring them all on at the same time. I think this is going to be super fun, super excited. And, uh, and I hope we get into some scenarios where uh, we maybe have two people that have different approaches on something and then scenarios where there's common themes. So with that all said, let's jump right into it. So I'll introduce my first guest. I think what I'm going to do, guys, is get you guys each to introduce yourself, just Reader's Digest version. I think that might be the best way, uh, rather than me trying to steal your thunder or to add an intro for three separate people. Uh, so with that said, Chris Burns, uh, since I have you on here first, Chris, perhaps I'll get you to tell us a little bit about your journey and backstory. Cool. So real quick, I am the founder of Burn It Up Coaching and Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. And Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self is our flagship weekly 12-hour personal development live stream marathon where we interview great role models, leaders who are changing the world, and we help you create your reality. Because I spent a lot of my years feeling disconnected, numb, lost. I relied on video games to provide fulfillment for me, to provide... Um, meaning in my life and it really was this downward spiral of I'm not happy but I'll take my aggression out on the things and people around me and that wound me up getting too drunk in publics public intoxication um, nothing serious but uh, and then the last one was like a really dark place in my life you know getting in trouble with the with the law trying to go to raves and parties to just find something some kind of feeling some kind of fulfillment and uh, it's really wound me up in a dark place and I hit rock bottom and from that point I just made sure you know, I, I would never end up in that place again you know after landing in jail feeling my heart rip open because I had to tell my parents and explain to my friends and family what I had done uh, I just really just felt like there was no lower I could go and I didn't want to feel that pain or suffering anymore so I skyrocketed back up you know luckily nothing ever went on my on my record charges were dropped case was dismissed but I like skyrocketed back up into personal development into finding meaning for my life and giving meaning to my life by helping others through coaching, through giving them subconscious repatterning techniques to be able to be better leaders, have more confidence, and eliminate that self-sabotage. Love it. And so, uh, Rob, and, and so, Rob, I didn't ask, you know, I, we always talk first names, so I didn't ask your last name to make sure I don't butcher it either, but Garcia, is that correct? Okay. Yes. Garcia. It's Garcia. <laughs> Watch it. It's, it's Garcia in the provinces. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was safe with that, but I never like to assume. Um, and and I, my, so should I be adding the doctor in front of that? Because I'd I, I want to hear more about that too. So, uh, so how about this introduction? Uh, Dr. Rob Garcia, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe tell me a little bit about the doctor side of that as well? Yeah, I don't know if I can follow Chris Burns there. That was pretty impressive. Um, I grew up in a small logging town with a learning disability. Uh, in my early days, I ended up failing out of high school and failing out of two colleges. Uh, all my family's in, on drugs or in jail. And uh, by 19, I was sleeping on the floor and I couldn't afford meat. And so I joined the military and then I just started going to school, isolated my learning style. And then today I own my own digital magazine called Shift, which I've featured both Marshall, Chris, and you, Corey. Um, and uh, I'm a, a business strategist that focuses on exposure for entrepreneurs and, and companies. And I earned a PhD along the way. Awesome stuff. That answers mm -hmm. all of those questions all at once and very succinctly. So that's pretty cool as well. <laughs> uh, so Marshall, Jillian, really excited as well to have you. Uh, last but not least, uh, so Marshall, I'll, without any further ado, I'll hand the floor over to you and get you to tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me on first, Corey. I'm here with uh, three powerhouse entrepreneurs, so I'm freaking stoked. Uh, this podcast alone, I'm sure, is going to bring people a ton of value. Uh, but like Corey just said, I am Marshall Gillen. I go by Marshall Live online, and uh, it's a live branding um, business that I've built. So I help entrepreneurs uh, build brands online using social media and a mobile phone. And really, my story starts like in a little small farm town in Illinois. Uh, I'm 33 now, and I didn't get started in entrepreneurship until about 28, and my 20s is basically a story of just nonsense, uh, partying, drugs, uh, traveling, like all these things that Chris just said, like all these terrible things that people do because they tell themselves these stories in their head that they can't achieve or they can't accomplish or they can't have the things that they want. 
So literally, like, as I sit here with all these highly qualified people on this call, I'm like, dude, I'm just a guy who uses live video to tell people to have options, like to tell people, you know what, you can do it. Like you have a chance. So for anybody that comes across the Marshall live brand, uh, what you see is what you get. And I'm just showing entrepreneurs how to show up every day and go and get what they want. Wow. So very, you know, amazing backstories in all cases. And, you know, there's probably a common thread there, which we can explore later if we want in terms of the fact that all of you, all three of you guys ran into some scenarios where you could have easily went down a different path and, and let's say called the wrong path. Uh, and, and you found a way. And in all three cases, it seems like through uh, social connections, through the ability to have online businesses, through personal and professional development to make a shift. So there's really cool commonality there. And the fact that you guys know each other already, uh, you, you hang out in person. I mean, there's probably a lot of synergies there. Um, so there's, there's a direction we can go there, but today I want to really focus too on the online side of things. because That's where it seems like all three of you guys have had your success, a lot of success. So uh, Chris, uh, we'll come back to you now first again, because, uh, cause it's been already a bit since you've had your intro. Uh, so Chris, I'll first start, I want to go with uh, the first question for everybody. And so I'll start with you, Chris, you get the harder part to come up with things first on this, but uh, around the idea of first of all, connecting online. So that's a pretty broad direction to go in, but maybe I'll talk first of all, how did that all start for you? So you mentioned a little bit about it, but how did you start jumping onto the online sphere and what did it look like early on? And maybe even you know, in terms of your journey, where were the challenges and successes early on? Sure, sure. So thank you for the question. And I really love how you said I get to go first because leaders go first. I love going first. It's the best. <laughs> and that's really the that I had with connecting online. I didn't necessarily have this huge presence. In fact, I was pretty young when I started building my online presence and having a focus on that. I started off with network marketing about five years ago. I did that for a year and I started learning I have to build some kind of network. And I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't feeling fulfilled with just the in-person network. I felt like there had to be more this online thing. What's, what's going on with this online thing. And I'd known about online. I'd been dealing in online stuff. So I went to forums. Luckily I, I'm very grateful. I had forum experience, you know, writing messages, video games, stuff like that. So I felt comfortable there and having conversations there and dealing with people there. So I'm grateful for that. But really I just started diving in on Facebook and I joined Facebook groups, started adding value and just really focusing on how can I get the most out of this? How can I, you know, a lot of, a lot of online is appearance, right? Uh, it's sad to say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna give you the truth, but a lot of it is appearance. How you appear is how people really judge you. They judge you by your cover. So, you know, when you are online, what, what does your profile look like? What are the things that you're saying? What is your cover photo? Like I started paying attention to these things because I knew people cared. People care about that. People judge. And if I want to get the best first impression as soon as I can, then I'm going to create a great little snapshot of what my life looks like. Now, we have to also dive into the vulnerability and like the real authentic part because that's what people really connect with. They get inspired by what they see. You see a picture with me with Lewis Howes and Les Brown on my cover photo. But like what really people connect to as a human being is who, like, who am I? Where do I break down? Where, where do I like go home and cry and like, you know, cry in my pillow, yell at my pillow at night, because that's really what people connect with. So really online, I knew I had to add value. I knew I had to practice my skills. How do I demonstrate my experience and expertise, which Rob is amazing at teaching people how to do. He's given me so much value just in our conversation. So shout out to Dr. Rob, but really just, you know, dive into giving value, giving value, giving value, being yourself, exposing and, and documenting the journey, you know, like, like, what is it that's that you're suffering with that you're stuck with, and share that in a way that it actually makes a difference for people. So that's, those are the, the things that I focus on the challenges have been um, feeling like I'm not enough, feeling like I don't have enough experience. So I, I've been like trying to compensate, how do I, how do I show up in a way that like, I feel like people want to approach me and, you know, have all these conversations with me without necessarily having a 10, 20 year track record of coaching behind me. How do I compensate for that? How do I make up for that in my personality, in my vision, in how I show up? So that's really been the challenge that I've had to deal with up until now. So, and, and don't let me forget if I can, if we have time for me to go back to this, I want to talk about the challenge of the fact that there's 
so, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody, I mean, we can generalize here, everybody's online now. So the new challenge is how do you basically break out from the noise? Uh, and, and I'd like to maybe dive there when we talk about whether it's tribes or even monetization, but you have to be able to stand out to, I mean, the truth is you can build enough of an audience now with a niche market, but you still, at the end of the day, like you said, Chris, you have to represent yourself in a way that people say, I want to go with this person. I trust this person. And even to know this person exists. So I'd like to maybe go there if we get a chance, but Rob, I want to jump onto you and, uh, and, and get your take on this. Uh, in fact, when you mentioned that, Chris, about uh, what is your brand when people first come to your site and see things, and I say site, I mean Facebook page in this case, uh, what's interesting is mine right now, my profile pic is actually my uh, magazine cover with Rob. So good segue uh, to Rob. Uh, so Rob, I guess sort of the same question to you. What was that online experience for you like from early on? I guess you could bring it up till now. And then what were the challenges and maybe successes that you had as well? <clears throat> The biggest change, and, and Chris hit upon it, how do you break out in a market that's saturated with similar business models? And the biggest uh, change that I had to make was incorporating personalization. I hired uh, a, a really good coach named David DiGiorgio out of San Diego. We worked together for a month. And uh, the first thing he said to me was, you're too robotic, you're too military, you're not coming across as friendly to your audience. This is how people see you. You need to change that immediately. And so I changed my branding. I changed, um, I started doing Facebook lives and showing more of the human side of me. And I started opening up and in those early stages to break out, you need to really look just like Chris said, you need to look at how people are viewing you. You need to look at like your, your online presence. How are your pictures? Like, are you smiling? You know, are you putting up good, strong pictures of you? Do you have an enviable lifestyle? Do you have, um, do you have people looking at you and saying, I'd really like to be that person in a lot of ways? And once you start isolating that and, and figuring out your good points, um, that's when the brand starts to take off and get popular. Um, you need to be consistent. You need to have recommendations. And you need to, like Chris said, if you don't have a lot of experience and you're just jumping into the game, you might want to work for free for a little bit or get, gather up some testimonials, learn your process, and get, the, get some experience under your belt. And once I started doing these things and I started getting clients giving me testimonials in a, a closed sphere of a, a Facebook group, um, that's when the, the snowball really took off and became an avalanche. Great stuff. And I mean, there's, there's almost so many takeaways, even just so far uh, from just this one question that normally I like to summarize for the uh, audience here, some of the takeaways already. And I may have a challenge doing that after Marshall shares as well, but, uh, but yeah, you guys are, are dropping value bombs. What I may have to do is uh, in the uh, actual live airing of this. And so that's right. People, when you're listening to this, it isn't live right now. Uh, I may even have to insert and say, okay, guys, let's take a break and talk about all the value bombs that we've heard already. So Marshall, without further ado, I'll let you jump in and, and basically answer the, the same question. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think it's such a great question. And it's like, this is such a great time to be alive. Like, what are we talking about right now? Um, you know, social media and the mobile phone has allowed me to build a six-figure brand. And my, my, my brand, Marshall Live, is not even six months old yet. It turned six months old on, on December 25th, so um, Christmas, which I think really goes to show you what you can do when you show up and you show up with a goal every day. So for me, working online has been crazy because I'm going to get all Gary V on you guys, but this is how it goes. And like, this is the real deal. Like, you know, Chris, I've been there before and Robin and all my clients, they say, oh, I don't have the experience or I don't know how to like, that's crazy. Like I focus on branding yourself. So I believe that personal brands are the game changer going forward, right? You develop a personal brand and anybody can do this. And what people don't realize is that <clears throat> we want to find commonality in other people. We want to find relatability. And it's that that allows us to follow and trust somebody and then to learn and grow from them. So what being online does, and let me take a back step right here, because what it really comes down to is value. How do I get as much value for my time? And when I was 27 is when I first started entrepreneurship. I quit my job and I, I became a personal trainer. And I quickly realized all I did was create another job for myself, which is what a ton of entrepreneurs do. So I go, well, how can I get more value for my time? And that's when I opened my eyes to the on world line. Uh, for the last six years, I tried to make money online. I've had success, but nothing sustainable, right? So then the last six months, I was like, why do I keep fighting it? Why do I keep trying to build this business? Why don't I build a business around me? Why don't I build a business around my personality, around what I love? Because what people don't realize is whatever situation you are in right now in life, that's your testimonial, right? Or like for me, for example, like my stepdad was very emotionally 
uh, and, and mentally abusive. I grew up in a farm. And it was a terrible thing. It was a terrible uh, loop that I was caught in. And that actually my biggest mess has now become my biggest message. So with that in mind, it goes, well, now that we have social media and the mobile phone, what, what can I do next? And this is what people don't realize that the mobile phone is now a TV, right? And that TV goes everywhere that everybody goes. Like people watch TV on that. So if you think, okay, well, the mobile phone's a TV, then that means like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, they're just TV channels. Okay, so now I have a TV, I have TV channels, except there's no gatekeeper anymore. Like you can go live to the world. You can put up whatever you want. I don't have to know somebody at NBC to get my, my interview on the air. I just go straight to market. So now that I go, okay, I have a TV, I have a TV channel, I'm the anchor, the producer, the director, I'm everything. What kind of TV show am I gonna put on my TV's channel, right? So now your content becomes your show and whatever it is you wanna talk about it, go out and find your audience, you guys. There's so many ways to go out and connect with your audience online. I mean, there's billions of people online every single month. I guarantee there's somebody out there that wants to hear about what you know about, whether it's like underwater basket weaving or personal branding or starting a podcast or gardening or how to make little Christmas decorations. Like people have got to understand whatever it is that you love and whatever it is that you're best at, if you just show up every day and you make content. And that's the thing that's tough about online is it's not, you can't just do it sometimes. You've got to show up as a content creator and do it all the time if you want to scale your business and actually make money doing it. So with all that being said, you know, that's some of the challenges that people I've come across that they have. They're like, well, I'm not good enough. What would I talk about? I've never done it before. I'm like, dude, you just have to realize that literally how you live your life, how you show up every day. And if you document how you show up and how you actually live your life, that's enough. Like there's no creating, just create a better life for yourself, document it and let your, your example lead the way. And I think that's really the key for growing a brand online is that you show up every day, you stay authentic, real, true, create that, re that relatability, that commonality that people want, they want to grasp onto and, and give people hope to go, oh, well, look what Corey does every day. I can do that. Look, Rob does every day. I can do that. Oh, Chris does a lot. I know people, I can do that. So really my job online is just to give people permission. And I think that's really the, the biggest challenge is that people just need permission. They just need one person to lead the way and go, yeah, if that guy or that gal is doing it, so can I. So great stuff, Marshall. And, and you brought up, a, I guess, a sort of segue because I wanted to jump into the tribes. But just before I go there, I have a, a, a separate question altogether because of something you mentioned. Uh, so you mentioned Gary Vee. And yeah. so Gary Vee talks about the hustle and the grind all the time. And I know you guys are, are living that to a large degree. But here's my question. And Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping back to you with this one. Uh, so it's in some ways unfair. Marshall brought it up and then I'm throwing it right at Chris. But Dude, bring it on. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> awesome. So here's, and it's, it's kind of a, just a, a, get your guys' observational thoughts on this, but mentioning say Gary Vee, and I'm just using him as the example. Uh, a lot of people know Gary put in so many, like hundreds of hours a week early on. I mean, he openly talks about the fact that he was with Wine Library TV and he was in forums at four in the morning and five in the morning. And first of all, not everybody can you know, go with only two hours sleep, but and, and maybe that's why Gary has some bags under his eyes. I think that's pretty noticeable. He puts in a lot of time. I guess my question out of that is Gary looked like he was an overnight success because of the fact that he was putting in all these hours that nobody saw. And then he did it quick enough that people saw him hit the scene and just thought this guy's here. And now he's got a million followers on Twitter. My question out of that is we just talked about, you have to keep doing it every day, show up every day. Do you think that's another challenge is that idea that people get in their heads that I want to become a Gary Vee or a Guy Kawasaki or somebody who has a million followers and they think that they did it overnight. And then secondly, uh, where in your mind is, and I know this word of balance, there's no such thing as 50-50 balance, but where is also the balance to when you get downtime, in your opinion, based on having to put in that many hours to, to look like no work went into it at all and at the same time have some life for yourself? So I know it's a big question, but I just getting your, want to get your thoughts on it because I know it's a struggle that people think, I want to be the next Gary B, not realizing how much work went into that. Hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. So thank you. And, you know, something I want to speak to real quick, Gary V in the past has been all about hustle. And now I've seen him creating new content, new videos. He's more about like the alignment. He's getting into this spiritually kind of evolved place. So I just want to give a shout out to Gary V whenever he listens to this. 
you are awesome. I'm really proud of you for like evolving your message and, and focusing more on this alignment and balance and um, hustle and nurturing. And I actually had a 12 hour marathon dedicated to hustle and flow. How do we balance between these two things? How do we util utilize both of them? So really for me, I know that I have been, been struggling struggling, struggling, struggling to build. I just want it so bad. I'm so freaking hungry for the future. And I think a lot of our listeners are going to be in this position of, I want it so bad. Like, why do I not have it yet? I've put in hours and hundreds of hours and thousands of hours, depending on where you're at, you know, wherever you're listening to this, if you're at the beginning of your journey, or you're still putting in thousands of hours and you still haven't seen it yet. I, I asked myself, like, why am I not there yet? And one of the things that really robbed me of my joy, that stole my joy from me and the ability to be present and enjoy the friends and the family and the, the life that I was living is the attachment to the future. I was so attached to having thousands and tens of thousands and millions of followers that I made this present moment and the amount of followers that I have right now, the people who I have relationships right now, it wasn't enough. And when I come from that space, my followers and the friends and the people around me, they can feel it. They may not be able to articulate it, but they can feel it. They can sense it that there's something that like, you know, Chris, there's just, Chris is great and all, but you know, just some days I feel like listening to him, some days not versus like Chris is the real deal. He's like always showing up. He's always connecting with me. So I think that that, that hustle mentality, the need to be somewhere else versus where you're at right now will rob you. So here's an exercise that you can do. You can literally sit down and, and say, I love my life exactly the way it is and exactly the way it isn't. You can journal about it. I love my, that my life is, you know, I have 100 followers. I love that my life has, you know, I have 10 friends that I really talk to all the time. I love that I am able to afford certain amounts of food. Like, I love that that's how my life is. And then you can also say, I love that my life is not yet someone who has like a, a million followers. I love that my life does not yet have the ability to travel around the world speaking to these people, but I will, you know, but you can write, but I will. And it's really just having that mindset that this moment is enough. So many people are walking around feeling like they're not enough. They're not, you know, like they're not confident enough. They're not smart enough. They don't have enough money. They're not handsome enough, whatever it might be. So really I invite all of our listeners to let that go and just really be grateful for everything that you have. So, Rob, I'll, I'll pose it right over to you and get your thoughts on this idea of hustle and balance and how to make the most of it all. And, and even as Chris mentioned, being present and not always in the future. Wow, I'm the worst person to ask that to. Um, I haven't had a vacation in eight years. That means I haven't seen my family in eight years. And it's because I went through PhD school, multiple military deployments. Um, you know, building my business, building my magazine, all that stuff. So what Chris said is very important. I'm finding out as a slightly older person at 41 that the, the, the balance really needs to uh, be achieved. And too many people, too many of, the, of, of uh, the younger people are jumping in. Hey, I want to be rich like Gary Vee. I want to be this, you know, conglomerate media person. But they forget to be in the moment. They forget to be here now. They forget to just sit down in the park and you know, write down the family members that they're grateful for and the, the fact that they can eat and the fact that they, uh, you know, if you have internet, food and transportation, you're better off than like 90% of the people on the planet statistically. And, and we forget that in our, our, uh, our quest for the, the golden egg. And I'll, I'll tell you that um, that perfect day is never going to come. You are never going to be at a perfect place uh, that, that you, that a lot of people envision at the time to the time to really celebrate yourself is right now, this morning, in this moment, listening to this, right? Like, take stock, be proud of what you've done. Don't focus on your shortcomings or your income. Focus on who you are, your balance, and your impact. Awesome stuff, Rob. And you know, when you mentioned that about the idea of, you know, never taking that sort of downtime, and you know, I've struggled with it throughout the years. I think we all do, especially the high achievers. And you know, even something you mentioned, Chris, the struggle of being in the moment. I mean, I've struggled with that many times over the years where you have this certain success and you should be able to revel in it and go, wow, I've arrived at this one level. And, but you're automatically, if you're a type A personality, most of us just instantly go next. And, and that goes back to what you just mentioned, Rob, the idea of, are we taking that time to sort of be, 
and just kind of say, wow, I'm here now. And being present is, is definitely a challenge, I think, now especially whenever it's so easy to be always on and always have the distractions. And, you know, for our type of personalities, that's, I think that's the new challenge is how do we take the time away and realize sometimes less is more. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. So I get it totally, Rob. I've lived that more often than not. And so that's kind of why I posed the question as well. And so, Marshall, I'll, I'll jump onto you and get your thoughts on this, this question that in some ways you sort of helped raise. <laughs> right on. Uh, first off, Chris, excellent exercise, man. I'm going to be sharing that, uh, that, that list one with my audience. Um, mm -hmm. Really great, you know, tangible, something to do. So I, I appreciate that golden nugget uh, for me, myself. So look, I think the original question was, um, you know, do you have to grind and hustle to be successful or, or it was kind of whereabouts like that. So there's two things that I want to talk about like this. One, it comes down to two things. The first one is it comes down to self-awareness. What is it that you want out of life specifically? What do you want your life to look at? The second or the opposite, other side of that, of that coin of self-awareness is what are you best at? Where do you thrive in life? How do you learn? How, how do you communicate with the world? Because those are the first keys to ask. And then the second thing is, if you want to be successful, especially in this day and age, you've got to work your face off. Like you've got to grind your face off. But, but I think hustle is bullshit. Like that's bull crap. Like Gary, he, he makes this glamorous life of a hustle and grind and all these kids are hustling, grinding, except they haven't created the self-awareness in their life to know what they're hustling, grinding for. It's like getting in a Ferrari and driving hundred miles an hour. But if you don't know the destination, you're never going to get to where you're going. And I think that's what the common misconception is with hustle and grind is everybody wants to do it. But like, that's such bull, like less is more. And I can reiterate, and I love that you said that, Corey, and I could reiterate what these guys said about being present. But really what it just comes down to is that you've got to understand that your end goal is not the same as Gary Vee's. Like Gary Vee wants to work 18 hours a day. He wants to take over the world. Like he wants to be the number one businessman, right? Is he any richer than Richard Branson? Like who works hard, but doesn't like, like lives like a like a playboy lifestyle kai lopez who's created a business model where he he works like seven hours a day he makes like 200 grand a day he's not like working his face off right so in the beginning though you are absolutely unequivocally not going to get what you want if you don't show up and grind in the beginning like that that's a must i i almost lost my relationship i, I over the last six months like I, I've, I've lost touch with family but in the beginning you have got to be so focused and so driven and so just 18 hour days. Like what are we talking about? That's what it's going to take to get over the hump. But you've got to understand that, that that's not sustainable. And what it really comes down to, like I said, is just finding your lane, becoming self-aware and saying, what is it that I want? Do I want more of a Ty Lopez lifestyle? Do I want to be Gary Vee? There's no right or wrong answer. It's like working out. Like you can get muscles 15 different ways and all 15 of them work. You just have to figure out which 15 ways, which of the 15 ways is best for you. So I, I think that kind of answers the question. Uh, yeah, grinding and hustle is incredibly important. If you think that you're going to make that your brand in long term, I think it's, I think it's overrated. And I think in the entrepreneurial world, so many people are like, yeah, hustle, grind. But it's the same people that aren't making it, they're not moving the needle in their business. Like you grind your face off, but you're not, nothing's changing. So I think that's what my biggest message is. I want people to understand that, yes, it takes an ungodly amount of hard work to get started, but it doesn't have to be like that. It's really a life by design. And, and we could go deeper into outsourcing and building a team, but I think that kind of is the high level overview of how I feel about hustle and grind. Awesome stuff, guys. And something else that popped into my head when you were saying that is that, and, and I don't know why, you know, I, I don't know if you guys are similar in that way, but certain things trigger other memories. But for me, if that always happens, maybe because I do so many interviews and, and you guys are probably in the same way and the same type of situation. But what popped into my head is this interview I heard one time with uh, Darren Hardy from Success Magazine was interviewing David Foster. And David Foster said, why Darren, you know, I hear all these people talk about the beach and the lifestyle of, you know, just laying down and relaxing. And when am I going to get to the point where I want to relax like that? And Darren Hardy said something that, it, I mean, we've all heard it before, but it, to me it was so profound when I heard it. He said, David, but here's the thing. I think when you're in the studio with Seal, with Celine Dion, you know, enter name here, that is your beach. Yes. And it goes back to what you just said, Marshall, I think about the fact that you need to figure out what that is for you. So going back to this whole idea of grinding, David Foster probably still works at his age more hours than some 19 year olds, but it's because what he's doing, he loves so much that he wouldn't be tired at the end of the day because truly he hasn't really worked, you know, based on right. our definition of quote unquote work, if we look at it as sort of a negative. So 
yeah, so I think we can grind it out, especially early on. But if you love what you do, it's not going to beat you up like a grind of working a job that you just totally hate. Right. It, it grind is for solopreneurs, man. I mean, like, if you want to stay, if you want to always trade your time for money and you want to do all the work forever, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Be a solopreneur. But in the beginning, I think it's doing everything, right? And then start getting rid of the things that you suck at or that you don't enjoy. And that really what it comes down to. That's how you stop grinding is you start, you start outsourcing. So I think those guys are definitely onto something. Awesome stuff. And, and we may get a chance to get to outsourcing, but I have these two other areas I wanted to go into, and then we'll see if we have any time left over to jump into something like outsourcing. But the next area I wanted to go, and so Chris, this is a heads up for you, is around tribes. So we talk about online, uh, building tribes. I mean, that definition could be massive. You know, you could be talking a tribe of thousands. You could be talking a tribe of 50. It doesn't really matter the number to me. I just like to get your thoughts on the importance of building tribes online and even what your experience has been with it so far. I mean, Chris, you have a live show, a marathon, you have people that are tuning in regularly. Those are your tribe, of course. So can you talk a little bit about your experience in terms of building a tribe online and what you think is important for building a tribe? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll take you back even before the marathon. I built a, a tribe of a thousand infopreneurs. I built a group called Infopreneur, um, infopreneur mastery, helping authors, speakers, and coaches to master their ability to get their message out to the world. And it was one of the most fulfilling things that I ever did because we were growing this community of people with, with a, a similar mindset. And for me, I really highly value communities. I love communities. I love building communities. I love what we get to create with the 12 hour marathon because we're building a community. And honestly, like, Tribes are important, and I haven't yet built a, a Facebook group around this 12-hour marathon. So really, it's a question of what's the priority? For people listening, what is your top priority? Is it to pay your bills? Then you might not necessarily need to start a tribe right now. If you have leads, if you have a network, if you have things that you can tap into, then your, your, your priority is to go have conversations. Your priority is to go add value to the people already in your network. Now, if you are doing that already and there's something more, you feel like there should be something more, then start creating a tribe. You know, it's never too early to start building that Facebook group. It's never too early to start creating a place, a unique contain container, right? Container to hold the mindset, container to hold this space for people to show up and they know what they're going to expect. You have rules, you have, you know, a, a, a common outcome, a common thing that everyone is driving for. When you can set that up for people, they trust you. They're like, wow, you know, this, this leader, I, I talked about, I love leadership, right? I love empowering leaders. If you go out and you start a, a Facebook group, that's your opportunity to be a leader. If you go to Toastmasters, I, I started in Toastmasters. I became the secretary, the vice president of education, the president. I rose through the ranks because I was committed to being a leader and an organizer. I started meetup groups and started hosting those. I started building tribes that way. When you're a leader, when you build tribes, people respect you more and they value what you have to say more. You write a book, you're building a tribe around that book, right? You're building it around this, this common cause. So I can't recommend more, more highly to, to get that started, get, get the tribe started earlier to build, even if it's three, four, five people, I have a mastermind group that I'm a part of every week we talk, every week we share our, our wins, we share our breakdowns and they kick my butt more than anyone else in my entire life. I promise you, like I'm not, I'm so not able to get away with anything with them. I tried to leave the group once and they're like, bro, we're going to kick your butt if you try to try to let me say that, you know, like, cause like I was confronted, but the fact is I had this tribe and this, this group of people who were so important to me, so loving, so connected that I, I just felt like I, had, I gave my heart to them. I gave my soul. I gave my everything to them. And that's what happens when you build an online tribe as well. So do it. It's never too early to start. So Chris, I'm going to ask you this follow, quick follow-up question. And uh, if I forget to ask this, Rob and Marshall, and you want to add in, great. Uh, it's just something that popped into my head, and I'm thinking the answers might be similar across the board. But do you feel, so we mentioned, you know, you mentioned great examples. So, you know, I just finished putting a book out through Kickstarter. That's sort of a tribe. Um, I have a mastermind that I meet with weekly. That's my, another tribe. My new email newsletter, of course, is, is a tribe, no question. But when we get to back to social media, it, it just has popped into my head, but it seems like Facebook, other than maybe ones that are just got up and coming, seems to be the real one that's understood or focused around this tribe building. And it, it feels like all three of you guys, much like myself, spend a little more time on Facebook than the other channels. But Twitter, other than the tweet chat or something, how do you build a tribe? Instagram, hard to build a tribe. 
LinkedIn, you can have groups, but it's not, I don't find it's the same level of engagement. So back to my original point, do you find when it comes to social media for that person that's starting from scratch, do you find Facebook is the easiest way to build a community or tribe? So yes, I do believe it's the easiest way because there's Facebook groups and it all depends on where your avatar, your target audience is hanging out. If you're doing B2C business to consumer, then Facebook's probably going to be good. There's lots of consumers on Facebook and you can send your message out to those people and reach them where they're at. If you're doing B2B business to business, then LinkedIn may be a better place. If you haven't started anything, I would say LinkedIn's like, honestly, if I could, if I went back and did it all, I would say I'd probably invest more time and energy in LinkedIn because there's just more serious people on there. In my opinion, there's more serious executives, leaders, people who have money to spend. Um, so I, I think LinkedIn is, is totally just this gem that so many people don't know how to use or tap into. And there's a lot more willing people, people who want to pay money on LinkedIn. And Facebook is, is uh, you know, in the solopreneur space, the coach, the author, the speaker space. It's really crowded. And you have to really work at differentiating yourself and, you know, these groups, there's all kinds of different groups for all kinds of different topics. So how do you set yourself apart? That's the biggest challenge, but it's also, you know, when you, when you figure it out, you get the biggest reward. So I, I think it's, it's a, you know, double-edged sword. Awesome stuff. So Rob, your thoughts on this whole area of tribes, building tribes. I mean, I know you even built a tribe around, around shift. you you know, that's the tribe that you've been building. So what are you, what's your take on this whole tribe thing? Um, I agree with, with everything Chris said. Um, I, I want everyone to remember that what we're talking about on a deeper level is platforms. Mm. And a platform something you shouldn't start at the very beginning of your business. The first thing, this is you know delving into Rob's opinion, but the first thing you should do is prove your business model. You need to have consistent sales so that the, the lights stay on, the bills are paid. And then once, once you realize that your, your business model is sustainable, then you start looking at creating a tribe or creating a platform. You look at all, all four of us. I have a magazine and a popular Facebook group. Corey, you've got you know, your radio show. You've got like your speaking, got your, your authorship. Oh, cool. Chris has a 12-hour show. Marshall's got a very popular Facebook group. These are all platforms that are used to generate you know, uh, tribes once our business models were, were successful. So I always tell people, you know, they ask, what, what's something I should do at the very beginning of my business? Should I start a Facebook group? Should I do this? Should I do that? And I'm like, no, prove your model first. Then you can choose some platform. Usually it's a Facebook group. And then the people that love you for whatever your business is will follow you to whatever platform you start. Love that. Great insight, Rob. Short and succinct and yet super powerful. So I love that. One more thing to just remember, Corey, is when somebody is examining whether they should, it's time to start a platform or not, they need to remember that they are adding hours to their daily schedule. Mm -hmm. A platform takes work. You look at Chris, you cannot get to Chris on a Wednesday or probably even a Tuesday because he's prepping for his show. If you talk to me the week before Shift comes out, you probably won't get me. And, and, and so people need to examine how many hours they're willing to sacrifice in order to to maintain the platform. That's what it is, is maintenance. So Rob, when you mentioned that, our listeners who heard this episode that I'm talking about will remember this. I've shared it multiple times because it always stuck out to me, but uh, I'm not sure. I never like to assume anybody knows somebody, but Jordan Harbinger, you guys all know who that is? Mm -hmm. yep. <clears throat> so, and by the way, as a separate note, and I haven't listened to the episode. Well, I don't think he shared it yet on an episode yet, but he's changed the name of the show just in the last like two weeks. And he said he's going to reveal why. So I'm really interested to see why, because it's now the Jordan Harbinger show, but his brother who co-founded is still on board and the producer, Jason, is still on board. So I don't know the reasoning. We'll find that out soon, but that's a big, big move. Uh, but saying all that, interestingly, when we had him on the show, he's 10 years into building, arguably, probably one of the biggest podcasts that's ever existed, especially from a grassroots podcast, from a non-sort of celebrity at the start. And I asked him what he recommended to people around podcast building and what you know, if he were starting over, what would he do? And he said, what I would do is not start a podcast. He said, if I knew how much work had to go into those 10 years, he said, he said, I, he said, here's kind of, he was saying, I probably would, but I don't recommend other people do it because he said the payoff, you could have a YouTube uh, channel, he said, or a Facebook live and probably put in the same amount of work as us and build a bigger audience. But it was interesting going back to what you said. I think Rob, what he was really saying is you have to realize how much work is going to go into this and what you're giving up. And what he was really saying, in my opinion, is not everybody realizes when they start a podcast how much work it is, which is why the number I heard at Podcast Movement this year, they said the average show lasts nine weeks. 
That's the average podcast. That was from, um, forget the name of the rating company. It's like the, the Nielsen rating company of the broadcasting world. I'll send you guys the link to the guy's name. But he said nine weeks. They, all they do is study this stuff. And he said nine weeks is the average podcast before people walk away. So then wow. there's 375,000 podcasts that I heard like last July on iTunes. So it really doesn't surprise me because you think of how many you go to and it's just a dead show. You know, last time they ran an episode was like 2014. But that all said, the takeaway goes back to what I think you were saying too, Rob, is that you need to know what you're getting into and you need to ask yourself, am I willing to go into this platform or go all in? If you don't like podcasting, you don't like audio and you like video more, if you don't like audio and you like print, why would you jump into a podcast just because you think it's going to be the way to build a tribe? And what I can tell you is it's, it's probably among one of the hardest ways to build a tribe. So anyway, very, very powerful thing you said there, Rob, because people try to build tribes just for the sake of turning it into money without realizing how much work is going to go into it. So we're going to circle back around to monetization with our 10 minutes we have left right after I ask Marshall the question about tribes as well. Uh, community is everything. Uh, community is everything. If you look at the most successful people in the world, they've, <clears throat> what they've done is they've created a culture. <clears throat> And I'm going to say branding because I'm a branding specialist and I absolutely love branding. It's, it's how you sell without selling, but it's also how you create culture. It's also how you create a, a, how you create a community. And I'll just touch on a few things right, real quick. Uh, Facebook is so amazing for this because Mark Zuckerberg has always understood this. His number one goal for Facebook forever and always has been connectivity. He wants to connect the world together. So do you have to start a community in a tribe? No, you don't have to. But if you want to be successful, you, you have to, because that, that's what it comes down to is creating a culture around your brand and leading people to what they want to do. So for me personally, I, I stumbled across this accidentally. I was a digital marketer and I was getting some success in my business and I just started sharing things that were working. And uh, before I knew it, I started growing this big online personality and people were flocking to my brand that I still didn't know was my personal brand at the time because of the culture I created. So, you know, we can sit here and be like, Oh, it's, you, you got to show up and it's a lot of hard work and it's, you got to pick the right platform. And yeah, that's all true. Like, but that's like, that's everything in life. Like if you want to be successful in business and a relationship, like you're going to have to fucking, you're, oops, you're going to have to work hard and uh, you're going to have to show up every day. If you do it right though, building a community, the tribe should be succinct with what, with what you're, what you're doing anyways. Like that, that could, if you're executing the high level, you should be building culture just because it should be a byproduct of how you show up and give value every day. So it's not necessarily that you have to start a Facebook group or you have to be in a mastermind or you have to do this or that. You just have to be the type of person that shows up and wins every day and let your brand culture speak for itself. And that is going to create community. But to answer your overall question, is community important? Yeah, it's everything. It's everything. That's what we are as people. Like when the, when the freaking you know, cavemen were walking around. They weren't like on their own. They went and found a cave with a bunch of other people in it. And they're like, yeah, this is my tribe. Like wolves, they travel in packs and fish in schools. And like, that's just the universe. We're meant to connect. We're meant to be together, but not everybody's a born leader. So some people uh, will learn to be better leaders. They'll learn how to utilize themselves as a leader or they'll, they'll serve somebody else in a leadership role, which, and there's nothing wrong. It all comes down to self-awareness, but as it pertains to community, uh, I think connectivity community tribes are everything. It's everything. You, you, have, you have nothing if you don't have a tribe or community of people that are willing to follow you. Like I said, look at Apple. It's just such, a, it's such a, a, an excellent example of the culture they've created and people will follow them anywhere. They'll pay whatever amount. They'll stand in line for however long. And that's the power of community. <laughs> when, you, when you said, if you don't have followers, you don't have anything. I don't know why, but John C. Maxwell jumped into my head, a quote that he had that said, if you're a leader and you don't have any followers, you're really just out taking a walk. 100%. I love John C. Let this pop in my head. So Chris, uh, now I know we're, we're close to having to wind down here. So Chris, I want to jump right back to you. And I'm going to go through this one. I mean, I'll let you guys go through it at your own pace, but about monetization. So just your experience with it. I mean, I won't say what do you have to do? Cause I know you guys will have all probably three different experiences, but Chris, can you talk about your experience much like with tribes um, with monetization in terms of trying to take what you've been doing, whether areas you're trying to monetize now or areas you've had success monetizing for that listener who's saying, I built a mini tribe, I built a community, and now I need to actually turn a profit out of this. Sure, sure, absolutely. So, 
you know, really with monetization, you want to focus on where you are strong, where are your strengths? So for me, I have lots of great energy. And when I was in seminars, I went to through a lot of my life, a period of my time in, in life where I went to tons and tons of seminars and people were able to see my energy. And just by virtue of showing up and playing at 110% and people like, oh my gosh, Chris, what are you doing? Like, who are you? I want to, I want to get more of this, right? People buy who you're being. They buy who you are. They buy the relationship. They buy the energy, especially for me, people want my energy. They want my certainty. They want my power, my drive, all that good stuff. So they want to be around that more often. They'll be willing to pay for that. So when I was in these seminars, I would attract people. And that was how I monetized. That's why, how I built my coaching business in the very beginning, because I showed up and I was one of the people who always sat in front, who gave it like 110%. Now, moving into the online space, it's a little bit more challenging for me. Honestly, it's been challenging because who I am is I'm really good at being present with people when they're there. And one of my biggest challenges is being able to give enough people a piece of my time, right? Like how do I give every single one of these people some of my time? And I've made videos, tons and tons and tons and tons of Facebook lives, which has helped me. But what really people are looking for is that personal connection. What people are really looking for is that those relationships. And I can speak even about, about Rob, right? Rob's, Rob's a perfect example of, of this, this question. He has just like been calling me and giving me strategy and helping me out. And I've helped him out too, but like really he's been so of service, so showing up in my life time after time after time. And he asked me, he's like, Hey dude, I got this program. Do you want to buy it? I was like, dude, just because of who you are, Rob, in my life, I'm, I'm going to put this money towards you because I believe in you. I believe in what you have to offer and I value your relationship with me because you just keep showing up and you keep giving. So if you want to monetize, my recommendation would be to show up and give value, be of service. And right now I'm doing this 12-hour marathon and it's challenging because it's huge, right? This is a huge, huge project. There's like up to nine guests every single week and people are like, dude, I don't even know what to do with this. 12 hours, like how the heck do you do it? Like, what do you, you think? I'm going to be here for 12 hours? So how do we break that down into a bite-sized digestible format so that people can actually consume it? That's been our biggest challenge. And once we get that down, like right now we have sponsorship messages. So if you have a product, a following, an audience, put in sponsorships. It's a great way to, to get in more money. But really it's like, how do we break this down so that people can receive the maximum amount of value for it and then keep growing the brand from there? So that's really where we're at. And yeah, monetize. Let's get it. <laughs> Love it. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, the one good thing about it though, Chris, and I know this from years of interviews is what you're doing as well at the same time is you're building content that you're going to be able to repurpose forever. You know, the, especially at the level you're building it at 12 hours at, in marathons at the time. So, so just know that there's a big value in that. It's just a matter of, you know, you saying, okay, here's the various different ways I can repurpose it down the road. And I think this awesome. time limit. Also, real quick, there's a, a monetary value that I'm not receiving right now, building relationships with all these people who come on my show. I've had 170 people on my show in the last 10 months, and I get to plant seeds in the future of what could possibly happen with these people. Like you've been on, Corey, Rob's been on, Marshall's been on, all of us have been on my show. Hey, um, so it's awesome. And that, that like, you know, I'm building for the future. So have that long-term vision. Well, and that's another aspect too. When you get to the stage where you repurpose the content and then you want to have joint venture partners that promote it, you're going to have relationships. You're going to have so much deposit ahead of value in there. So, so much value that you've deposited for those people. My mm -hmm. opinion is a lot of them are going to say, yeah, Chris, absolutely. I'm going to do what I can to get it out to my tribe. So there, again, there's an added value and something that you may not have measured yet, but you will <coughs> So love that. Uh, so Rob, we'll we'll circle around to you and, and talk about monetization. And I know with your magazine, uh, with advertising, that's that's one area that I, I get to see the ads all the time. You do a great job in the ad sales side. So yeah, Rob, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well. Thanks, Corey. It's uh, the, the first thing that I can, uh, the first gold bar I can offer to the audience is to realize how many forms of monetization are out there. And sometimes it's just a matter of being creative. The, the most profitable month I ever had was September of this year. And it's because I had a digital course. I had a business strategy one-on-one -on -one program with me. I had uh, eBooks for sale. And then I had people just hiring me like a mercenary to do, you know, Dr. Rob things like, hey, create me an eBook in three days, bro. Well, okay, it's going to cost you. Okay, here you go. Um, but by doing this and by, by uh, focusing on, like Chris said, you sell your skills. 
you sell what you're good at. And by focusing on that and becoming the absolute best at whatever your skill set is, that's when people seek you out. And if there's one piece of advice I would give to everybody listening, it's figure out where your aptitude is and then become deadly at it to where you are the go-to. So when I think of click funnels, you know, sales funnels, I think of Russell Brunson. When I think of transformational development, Tony Robbins. When I think of, uh, let's say, uh, anyway, the point being is that when you get known for something and people automatically go to you as, as the go-to expert, once you hit that point, that's when your business takes off. That's when you've really optimized who you are. It's, it's interesting when you say that too, Rob, because I what, who popped into my head was John Lee Dumas right away, so Entrepreneur on Fire. And I was just listening to an interview with John the other day where he was talking about how uh, Podcasters Paradise is what he's most known for now, other than, of course, the show Entrepreneur on Fire. But he said something that he's been looking at, and he's a numbers guy, that he's got to rework is right now his core revenue is coming from Podcasters Paradise. So he said, I need to change that. And he is diversified. You look at the sponsor from the show, all that kind of stuff. And he has webinar and fire. But to your point, first of all, he understands there's more than one way to monetize. But secondly, he is even concerned that he has too much of it vested in one thing. I think he said 73% of his income or his revenue is coming from one area. So he's trying to shift that right now. But it goes back to your point, uh, Rob, is that there's so many ways. You've got to be passionate about them. You've got to choose the ones that are right for you. But at the same time, uh, I think it's important as well. If you're known as ClickFunnels like Russell Brunson, I mean, he also has other different things to make sure if something happens, ClickFunnels wasn't around tomorrow, he still has other options. So I like what you said, your biggest month was a diversified month as well. <clears throat> so I just thought I'd add into that because like I said, that was something that when John said that, I thought, yeah, it's true. I mean, he's got so much diversification, but if, that, if Podcasters Paradise, for whatever reason, if he decided to close it tomorrow, it'd be hard to see 77% of your income go tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Also, real quick, yeah. real, real quick, we're going to have to edit this out, but dude, Marshall, whatever you're doing with your pen, man, you need to fucking stop. <laughs> oh, can you hear that? Dude. Yeah, dude. it's very loud. <laughs> oh, really? I'm so sorry. Dude. <laughs> I, and I was, I was about to mute you and then it stopped and then I was about to mute you again and then it would stop and... Oh my God, I'm so dude, sorry. It is oh really loading the magazine for an 1847. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the wor- I'm literally the worst i had no idea i'm so sorry it's it's only been i think for the last two minutes but it's been during rob's last answer <laughs> oh, oh i'm the worst i had no idea you could pick that up can't take him anywhere. i think when rob I'm so was sorry tony robbins and you looked to the side side i think you had lost your your train of thought there probably it's gonna oh no i was thinking about what he was saying and other brands that came to mind he's exactly right and actually I'll just use it as a segue, Rob, if you want to click a pen while I'm talking. Um, you know, this is the thing that I realize about coaching and consulting entrepreneurs is that um, we love to make things harder than they are. Like we just do. And one of our favorite things to make hard is monetization. People just overcomplicate it. There's two things you got to understand about monetizing. One, information is the number one commodity. It's the number one commodity. So it doesn't matter if you put it in a book, if you talk about it on stage, if you sell it in a course, podcast, it doesn't matter how you deliver it. Information is the number one commodity. The second thing is people that grow up broke, we have this negative connotation of money. Like it's this bad thing. Like, oh, you can't have too much of it. And if you, if you, if you want to be rich, you're greedy. You guys have got to understand that money is nothing but an exchange of energy. It's just an exchange of energy. So if I show up and I give you the energy, the fair exchange in that is a monetary value, right? It's currency. It's, it's like a current, right? It runs through us and out us. It flows through us. So when you can open yourself as a current, and you can think of that fluidity that money is, well, then it's not such a scary thing, right? So when you talk about monetizing, it's so simple. Just be creative. You're an entrepreneur. Somebody's thirsty, sell them a glass of water, right? Like if you need a, if you need a lock, like you need a lock to shed, like sell somebody a lock. Like that's, that's it. That's how easy monetization is. So I look around the internet and what, what Rob said and what I was thinking when I, I spaced off for a second is he's absolutely right. It's, all, it's about the people that sell, when you sell to everybody, you're really selling to nobody. And that's the thing is people don't get clear on what it is. So what I teach my, my clients my, and my consultant people is always, always a specialist, never a generalist, right? So if you have information in your head and you go out and you put it in front of the correct audience, it does like today, later today, I'm, I'm doing a live workshop for like 37 bucks, like something I just threw together. I know it's going to give a ton of value on the other side. It's like, I have a course for sale for a thousand dollars, or you can hire me to speak or coach and consult. Like 
my information is important. There's a value there. There's people that want to know what I have in here. So if I just go out and set and, and get in front of people who want to know what I, what I know, then I can, I can charge for it. It's just an exchange of value. Uh, and that's, it really just comes down with getting focused. Like Rob said, specialize in something. Don't be a generalist. Don't sell to everybody. Don't be in self-development <laughs> niche down. Like I'm in personal branding, but I'm not a personal brander. I, I do live branding. Right. So I've, I've even narrowed it down. I've created a new category for myself. And, um, that's really what it comes down to. I think with monetization, understand it's not a bad thing. And then just go out and sell people stuff that they need. Like, you know what I mean? Don't take advantage of people. I, this was a tough lesson. I just learned this like a few weeks ago when I really was like, Oh, and my life has changed since then. So it's been crazy. So Chris, I know you have to run. I just noticed the time. Um, what, so Chris, did you want to say any extra thing? I'm gonna, are you guys, Marshall and Rob, are you guys okay with another two minutes? I just want to circle back to Rob for a second on the monetization. And then uh, Chris, did you have anything you want to share just before we let you run off? Yeah, absolutely. So everyone be your greatest possible self, love life and make every day your best day ever, because literally it's all we have. Don't settle for anything less. Don't be a victim. Don't put up with your bullshit excuses, your bullshit excuses, pardon my French. Um, you know, like really step up to the plate and surround yourself with people like Corey, like Rob, like Marshall, like myself to help you get where you want to go. It's that simple. Ask for help. Stop being in your story. Stop being in your problems. Stop getting yourself stuck. And uh, go to beyourgps.com to watch the podcast, the 12 hour marathon. And you can always add me on Facebook as well facebook.com forward slash th3 burns awesome sauce as the kids no longer say thanks so much chris it's been an absolute pleasure and uh and we'll wave the flag for you brother all right love you guys we'll see you soon hey chris so rob i wanted to just i wanted to come back to you for a second but i also wanted to tag on to what you said there about uh, or what i was even mentioning when you were saying about being a specialist and i mentioned john lee dumas and something i probably should mention for those listeners who are going, okay, does, was he trying to say that John's all over the map? But the one thing about it is, even though he's diversified in the different offerings he has, they're all completely focused around helping you run a better podcast and his podcast. So I think he's done a really good job of being a specialist, but at the very same time, to your point as well, he's also diversified within that niche area. So anyway, I just wanted to add that when I said that. Yeah, he's a, he's a specialist that operates under one umbrella. And he offers a couple different services in the audio broadcasting industry. Like if you were to just say, what's John Lee Dumas do, it, it's audio, you know, audio broadcast. And then here are his, his services. The, the biggest turnaround I had in business that made a giant change was instead of having all these random services for different audiences, I narrowed it down to just all under business strategies. So now if I want to do a media program for somebody, I can. If I want to help somebody with their income generation, I can. Because it's all under Rob the Warrior Strategist. And people know they're, they're buying business strategies. That's it. That's how I am offering several services under one area. So, right. oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Marshall. Oh, no, I just was thinking. I'm sure all the listeners are incredibly smart. But for anybody that might be listening that, has not heard of a value ladder, what a value ladder is, Google it, look it up, Google value ladder, Russell Brunson, and you guys are going to learn a ton. Uh, I think that's really what you're talking about with diversification is, is that you pick a niche and then think of it like stair steps for you listeners. At the very bottom stair step, there's usually something free that you give away. And then the next step up is a little bit priced a little bit higher. And the next step up priced a little bit higher. So you're able to diversify inside of your niche by creating this value ladder. And the goal in business, once you create this value ladder, is to move them from free at the bottom up to the top, the top, which is the highest. So just a little interjection that came to mind. No, awesome stuff. I'm glad you shared that, Marshall. And I wanted to, to I wanted to keep you guys. Uh, I know we sadly had to let Chris go. I want to keep you guys to ask where we can learn more from you, uh, both of you guys, how we can connect further. Uh, but just to, I guess, finish it off one more second, Rob. I wanted to jump back to you on the. Um, monetization about the magazine and, and as a side note when we were talking about uh, a couple of times there JLD so I'll give him a shout out uh, since I've mentioned his name a couple of times some little uh, free publicity uh, but uh, I don't know if you've uh, had him in the magazine yet but he would be obviously a perfect fit because of uh, I think he'd be a fit on both sides his uh, his uh, time is um, in the Iraqi war I believe he was in was that was it was I, he was in, anyway he was he was John Lee Dumas was, uh, was in the military for about three or four years. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so he'd be a perfect fit for the magazine, I think. His story would be, I think, amazing. To go from somebody who had to move back into civilian life and yeah. 
zero, absolutely zero tribe, talking about tribes, and was able to build what he's been able to build through Entrepreneur on Fire and a daily podcast and roughly a million plus unique listeners a month. Anyway, I don't know if he's been on the front cover of the magazine yet, but you should try to make that happen. Yeah, definitely. I have a, I have a short list of people that, uh, that I'm going to, to interview, and he definitely fits in the, the categories of someone I would have. Um, it is interesting to see in 2018, like, who's going to break out. So I've already featured you, Corey. I have a feeling you're going to be, like, the first person to get two covers. We'll see. Oh, wow. That's so humbling, Rob. So my, like I said, my circle back question is uh, when I mentioned monetization, uh, just to dive for a second deeper and then I'll, I'll let you guys run off. I just wanted to ask you about the, uh, the ad sales side, because that's something that uh, I'm sort of passionate about and close to my heart. I, I think we talked about it before, but I used to have a traditional print publication for uh, five years, a monthly publication, similar to success. Mine was a newsprint, so it wasn't as beautiful as yours is. Um, but it's totally different world, of course, being out there and and uh, and delivering papers through the through the postal system and everything else. It was a unique experience. The ad sales side was was super exciting, and I'm just curious what that's been like for you. What that's monetizing from the advertising side now that we're not in a traditional print media world anymore. Has that been hard for you in terms of? talking to people about the idea that now you're advertising in a digital only magazine or have people been so open to it because of the world has shifted so much. I'm just curious what that experience has been like. This is going to blow your mind and in the transition from the print to digital world, I'm actually, I'm actually able to make a better value proposition because it's digital and this is what I do. So somebody contacts me, they want a little, they want to be in shift. So now I can offer a couple different options for where in the magazine they're going to appear. Obviously the prices reflect their location in the magazine, but then, they get social media promotion. They get to be featured on my email list. They get to be featured on the Shift Facebook page. They, they get all these different options. So their business is bombarded across a couple different fields. So instead of just appearing in one centralized print source once, somebody's going to see them five, six, seven times across different mediums. So that's how I've, I've increased the value proposition of advertising in Shift. Um, and the funny thing is, Corey, I make ad sales, but I've never devoted more than maybe an hour a month at it. And I've still gotten sales. Can you imagine if I had an assistant or if I actually like, you know, devoted some time to this? I could probably sell every ad in the magazine. I just don't have the time. <laughs> wow. That's a good, I mean, it's, I, I guess I was going to say it's a good place to be, but obviously at the same time, uh, I'm sure you've thought about, should I allocate a resource to this? outsource it. Uh, here's the question, follow-up question to that then, Mike. Very last question in this regard, but, and I don't know if you know the numbers exactly, and I'm, and I'm not obviously looking for any core numbers, but I'm just wondering what percentage then of the, of your core business would be the magazine ad sales? Like, is it a big portion or a smaller portion? It is tiny, and, okay. and, and like I said, it's more because of the, the lack of effort I put towards it, because I'm more focused on just all the things I'm doing, um, but when it does happen, it's the easiest source of passive income I've ever made. I just write about somebody and I put them in the magazine and I collect the check. It's, it's that simple. So, so very small percentage of my overall total income, maybe 5%. So obviously then the magazine is a passion project as much as anything else. Is that correct? Yeah, but it's opened up a lot of social currency. It's gotten me um, introductions and partnerships actually with a lot of people, you know, Navy SEALs, CEOs, New York Times bestselling authors, um, featuring somebody in a magazine, you know, you, you saw an uptick in the attention being given to you once you, you know, once you make cover. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's more than just the money for me. It's, it's a great way to promote the people in my life and to, you know, just, just to get people to get to know me. That's it. Love it. Awesome stuff. So Marshall, uh, I want to circle back to you just to find out how we can learn more. I mean, it's great to listen to an interview with you guys and, and you guys have so much energy and you have so much drive and you're doing so many amazing things, but somebody listening to this is also saying, I'd like to connect further. You know, an hour is not enough, yeah. and especially when it's divided by three high energy guys. So Marshall, can you tell us how people can connect with you, learn more and follow all the things you're doing? Yeah, I appreciate that, Corey. And for anybody that's listening, just to, to wrap this up, um, all the stuff that, that Dr. Rob is talking about, you guys, I've worked with Dr. Rob personally. He, I, I've invested with Dr. Rob um, before, and, and it, everything he's saying is, is incredibly true. If you guys get a chance before I plug myself, connect with Dr. Rob. Same thing with Chris Burns. Uh, I've worked with Chris. Um, I, I haven't invested in Chris yet, but um, I, for Rob, I just want to say thanks for all, all the stuff that you've done for me and, and the structure you've given my life and my brand in the short time that we've known each other and the short 
time that my brand has uh, been been thriving. So uh, to listeners, make sure you guys link up with Dr. Rob. He knows his stuff. The warrior strategist, uh, it's, not, it's not a mistake. As far as uh, where can you find me, pick your favorite platform. I'm on every single platform. I'm on uh, Musical.ly. I'm on uh, uh, other random ones, Medium. So pick your favorite platform, guys. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It doesn't matter. I'm on it. You can find me as Marshall Live. There's no way you're gonna be able to keep up with all my content. Uh, you just won't. So if you want to, if you're having problems in your life, the reason I go live every single day is because of connectivity, right? Corey, it's what we just talked about. I wanna give people access. So if you guys want access to me, join me on my lives. I'm incredibly busy um, just because right now I'm, I have so many JVs and so many partnerships and so many, I'm building so much social equity that it can be hard to get my time. And I'm very protective of my, of my private time because I have to be because I have to give that back then to my girlfriend and my family. So that being said, you guys can find me on, online, Marshall Live on all the platforms. Join me, ask your questions, follow my journey. You guys, I'm just a regular dude showing up every single day to, to, to try to make his dreams come true. If you guys resonate with wanting to make your dreams come true and, and you feel like you don't have anything innately special about you, join me on my lives. And I'm gonna get the special stuff out of you. I'm gonna show you how to utilize it. I'm gonna try to make money doing what you love. And I'm gonna show you how to create a lifestyle by design. Powerful stuff. Yes, go join Marshall there for sure. I've been, uh, I discovered Marshall actually, I think through Chris and Rob, and I've been, uh, I've been basically following your stuff. And as you said, we're all so busy these days. So I've been following yeah. it as much as I can. Um, and I'll never keep up with you. Uh, just like I'm sure there's people that would say the same about me. I mean, we're all out there driving. But at the same time, I think if you find the right sources, a person like Marshall, a person like Chris, a person like Rob, if you find the right sources to go to, you don't need many of those sources. So rather than trying to follow 300 or 400 people, find people that, like you said, you resonate with and, uh, and find three or four of those and follow their stuff every day. And you probably won't recognize yourself in a year's time. So 100% true. So and awesome stuff. And so let's bring it back around, Rob. How can we connect with you and learn more? Uh, Marshall gave you a nice uh, little testimonial based on his experience with you. So uh, just to add on to that, how can people connect with you and learn more? Uh, they can join my Facebook group, Success Engineers with Dr. Rob. It is a very tight-knit community where I offer training all the time in business and a bunch of other subjects and I personally mentor entrepreneurs and help them to grow. Uh, you can find Shift Events Life Design Magazine on Facebook um, or my just regular feed uh, Dr. Rob Garcia on Facebook. My main website yournextlevelofsuccess.com. Very cool stuff. Well, guys, this has been an absolute pleasure. I didn't expect this to go a little bit over, but at the same time, I didn't want to shortcut us. And uh, I, I kind of, I, I let it out there and said, as long as you guys are okay with going a few minutes over, I think we'll give the audience uh, even more value. So thank you For so sure. much, Rob. Thank you so much, Marshall. Thank you so much, Chris, wherever you are. I salute all you guys. And thanks for helping us to make some magic happen. And we'll catch you uh, next time around. And we'll continue to wave the flag in the interim. Thanks, Corey. Hey, Corey, thank you so much for having us on, man. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to show up, not only for us, but for your audience. This is something really special you're doing here, and I appreciate the invitation. Oh, thank you so much. So humbling. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.